You're listening to Comedy Central. April 4th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. tonight is a candidate for the president of the United States of America, Senator Bernie Sanders is joining us. So we're gonna get into that, but first, are you guys enjoying this beautiful spring weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. You know why? Because I'm stuck at work all day trying to follow all the news. There's too much of it. Fortunately, too much news is just the right amount of news for a segment we call Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. kick it off with the Mueller report. In many ways, it's like the movie Roma. It's the thing everyone's talking about, but no one has actually seen. (laughs) All we know so far is that President Trump claims the report is a total exoneration. (laughs) But it turns out that might be total bullshit. We do have breaking news overnight. The New York Times reveals the Mueller report may be far more damaging for President Trump than Attorney General Bill Barr has led on. The New York Times said some of Mueller's prosecutors have told associates the Attorney General failed to adequately portray the findings of their inquiry, adding the special counsel's conclusions were more troubling for President Trump than Barr indicated. Yes! Trump is getting impeached! <laughs> impeached! It's going down! It's going down! even though last time we said that nothing happened, but this time it will be different because we believe. We believe. But yes, the 400-page Mueller report was summarized into four pages by William Barr, attorney general and very straight Elton John. And now, (laughs) some people on Mueller's team claim that his summary left out information that actually made Trump look really bad. And I get why people are suspicious, right? This attorney general was hired by Trump, and summaries tend to lead towards, you know, the person's biases. That's how it works. Like, if I summarize the movie Alien, I would say it's a a monster terrorizing a woman. That's what it's about, you know? But for Joe Biden, it's just a friendly hello. (laughs) So... So this is why Democrats want to see the full report, right? They want to see the Mueller report in full, with no redactions, which makes total sense. Because if Barr redacts too much, then we won't know what the report means. It'll be like the radio edits of a rap song, you know? Be like, yo, when the Trump started, fa, fa, and collude with the, yeah, with corruption at Putin, P tape, m- mistake. <laughs> now, now, if we had more time, we could talk more about how everyone is using this lack of information to push competing narratives when no one actually knows the truth. But we can't focus on that because the president has to whack-a-mole another issue that's popping up. President Trump is facing the first official call to release his tax returns. The top House Democrat on taxes has formally petitioned the IRS to release six years of Trump's taxes, citing a provision of the tax code that gives him that power. But President Trump is showing no signs of giving in. Take a look. 
I'm always underordered, it seems, but I've been underordered for many years because the the numbers are big, and I guess when you have a name, you you're audited. But uh, until such time as I'm not underordered, I would not be inclined to do that. That's right, folks. My numbers are so big, the IRS is still working on a new number to describe them. It could be tremendazillion. We'll see what happens, <laughs> folks. You know, in fairness to Trump, he probably is under audit. I mean, Trump's taxes are so dirty, the IRS probably has them in one of those contagion rooms from Outbreak. <laughs> and look, I want to see Trump's taxes as much as anyone. But after the Mueller reports, I'm not putting my heart on the line, all right? If you get too emotionally invested in these things, you'll only get hurt in the end. It's just like in movies. That's why when I watch The Notebook, I root for the Alzheimer's. It's just safer that way. <laughs> and now look, we could talk more about the balance between the public's right to information and an individual's right to privacy about the tax fraud he may have committed, but we don't have time for all of these legal hypotheticals because there's an actual court case that's taking people down right now. The first of 33 <laughs> parents charged in the massive college admission scandal is preparing to plead guilty. California entrepreneur Peter Jan Sartorio made the revelation in a court filing yesterday. That came as actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin, along with 10 other parents, appeared before a judge in Boston yesterday. When she arrived in Boston Tuesday, the Full House star was seen signing autographs for fans. Lori, 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 pay for my tuition, Lori! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's priceless. And you know, we're laughing, but that's actually a great idea, right? <laughs> no, because let's be honest, prisons are already full. Instead of prison, their punishment should be that they have to pay tuition for everyone. That's it. <laughs> They've got the money. They should just do that. It's almost like how when your parents catch you sneaking cigarettes, they force you to smoke the whole pack. Yeah. And now I have cancer. Thanks, Mom. And also, why is Aunt Becky signing autographs at court? What are you doing? If I was the prosecutor, I'd be like, oh, my God, Aunt Becky, can you sign this? Aha, a confession! I got her! I got her! By the way, I'm a big fan of your crimes. And we could talk about this college scandal all day, except we can't, because there's another story blowing up in a middle school. Claims of discrimination tonight from a middle school teacher on Long Island. She says she was fired after her topless selfie went public. Miranda says she was fired last week, two months after the selfie ended up in the hands of a middle school student. The 25-year-old had texted the photo three years ago to her then-boyfriend, another teacher in the district. That picture was never posted. How it got out is the million dollar question. Some parents stood behind that decision to fire the teacher. Once it ended up in a student's hands, I mean, I think she's compromised, right? When it's brought into my children's school and my kids are exposed to it, now it's my problem and I have a big problem with it. Now your kids are exposed to it? You think your kids have never seen boobs? <laughs> Yo, mister, if your kids have phones at school, every class is sex ed, my friend. Also, I love how the other parent is like, she has to leave, she's been compromised. <laughs> what, is she a spy? <laughs> the nudes blew her cover, is that what this is? 007, we're aborting the mission. Goldfinger has seen your nutsack. <laughs> what is this? No, because I'll be honest, I'm on the teacher's side here, right? You can't punish her because someone leaked her nudes, right? That wasn't her. If someone steals a painting from the Louvre, it's not the Louvre that gets in trouble. We can't blame them, we blame the criminal. And by the way, the Louvre has tons of nudes. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think the Mona Lisa is always smiling? 
And we can talk about how it's time society stops getting scandalized by nude photos. I mean, almost everyone has them these days. You know that book, Everyone Poops? We need a new one called Everyone Nudes, all right? Everyone's <laughs> naked somewhere. But we don't have time to go into all of that because the Democratic primary is overflowing with candidates. And to quote political pundit DJ Khaled, another one. Add one more to the list. Democratic Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio is in, joining the growing list of 2020 Democratic candidates, speaking out earlier on ABC, describing the moments behind how he made the final decision. I can go back just a few weeks where my daughter called me crying from school because her friend was crying to her. Her dad just got transferred at the local General Motors plant. The kids had to move. Yeah. And my daughter called me and she said, you gotta do something. And I said, I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna run for president of the United States. Oh. Okay, that's a, that's a strange way to help a friend. I, I feel like I'm gonna start using that. Next time a friend asks me to pick them up from the airport, I'm gonna be like, you know what, I'll help you, Dave, by running for president. I'll do it for you, just for you. But that's right. Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan has officially thrown his hat into the ring, which brings the number of Democrats running for president to 17. That is so many people. Look at all those faces. <laughs> Look at all those faces. Why so many faces? <laughs> at some point, you gotta ask yourself, if every Democrat runs, who's gonna be left to vote, huh? <laughs> it's just gonna be Trump with 50 million votes and then 50 million Democrats with one vote each. Now, we do have time to talk about Tim Ryan, but we have nothing to say about him. So instead, let's move on and talk about how the other Democrats in the race have a Spanish outreach program that is no bueno. Lost in translation, 2020 Democrats trying to lure Hispanic voters with Spanish websites, and evidently these websites are really missing the mark. Amy Klobuchar's Spanish website um, has a number of mistakes, and we'll begin here with a translation that talks about her announcing her run from inside the Mississippi River. Kamala Harris's website here says Kamala Harris wasted her life defending the values of her country. Oh man, this is, this is so embarrassing. No, because the bad translation on Kamala Harris's website makes it sound like she's just like a broken shell of a woman. It's just like, God damn it, guys, I've wasted my life. Please make me president or I'll jump in that river with Amy Klobuchar, please. <laughs> but at least Kamala's bad Spanish translation still forms a sentence. Some other candidates' websites are just complete gibberish. Elizabeth Warrens um, says, in reality, I am not on and have here for what? I gotta be honest, I don't even know what that means. What? Now I understand why Elizabeth Warren wants to break up the tech giants, because clearly Google's translates screwed her over. Like, <laughs> at this point, I feel like Spanish-speaking voters are probably watching a totally different election than we are. Klobuchar's giving speeches in rivers. Kamala's having an emotional breakdown. Elizabeth Warren might be having a stroke. They're probably at home like, Jesus Christ, these candidates are a mess, man. And I don't even know why Fox News is laughing at this, right? Of all the people, they can't laugh, because I mean, if, if they watched their boy Trump a few days ago, they would have seen him struggling to translate English into English. No collusion, no obstruction. I hope they now go and take a look at the oranges, the oranges of the uh, uh, investigation, the beginnings of that investigation. The Mueller report, I wish covered the oranges, how it started. <laughs> I like how 
I like how he goes away from the word origins at the beginning, right? At the beginning, he's, he's like, he's like, oh, let's go to the beginnings, the beginnings. And then he gets confident. He's like, no, no, I got this. Oranges. God damn it. God damn it. The origins. The oranges. Can you imagine if you're an immigrant who learned English from listening to Donald Trump? You wouldn't make any sense. Like, if you spoke like Trump, you probably wouldn't pass your citizenship test, right? Someone would be there like, the oranges of America have inspired me bigly. They'd be like, sir, your citizenship is denied. Oh, come on, don't be a kofifi, eh? All right, that's all the time we've got for the news. When we come back, Bernie Sanders will be in that chair. from Vermont and a leading 2020 Democratic presidential candidate. Please welcome Senator Bernie Sanders. Do you ever get used to this? It's a good feeling to get used to. Thank you very much. It literally feels like you are the political Beatles. That's what you are. You all of them <laughs> rolled into one. It's, is, it, is it strange? Is it strange to be in a position where in 2016 you were the insurgent candidate? You know, you were you were leading a political revolution, but now you're entering the race as a front runner. Um, like, does that feel different for you? Are you going to do things differently this time it around? It does feel differently. And and what's happened is that four years ago, Trevor, the ideas that we talked about. The idea that healthcare is a human right, not a privilege. Right. Well, four years ago, that was perceived as a radical idea. Not anymore. The idea that if you work 40 hours a week in this country, you should make at least 15 bucks an hour and not live in poverty. Not a radical idea anymore. Right. The idea that in a competitive global economy, our young people need the best education possible we should make public colleges and universities tuition-free and reduce student debt substantially. Again, four years ago, you right. recall, oh, Bernie's crazy. I mean, this says nobody in America supports those ideas. Yes. Well, four years have come and gone. Those ideas are now supported by a majority of the American people. So, so, then, so then you're done. Why run? <laughs> One little problem. We have to take on an incredibly powerful establishment that to a large degree controls the economic and political life of this country. Right. And when we talk, the, the, you know, the mantra of our campaign is not me, us. And the reason for that is to take on Wall Street, to take on the greed of the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance companies. And if you want to save the planet, you're gonna to have to take on the fossil fuel industry. Right. And that means millions of people are gonna to have to stand up and fight back in a way that we have never done before. And that's what this campaign is about. You know, the media has picked up on them. We raised a lot of money and that's great. What was more important to me, Trevor, is we have over a million people who are prepared to volunteer on this campaign, which is unprecedented. It's interesting that you, uh, 
It's interesting that you bring that up because you, you have raised a lot of money. I believe $18 million in under six weeks. You, you're breaking records, raising money from individuals who say, hey, we want to help you out, Bernie. But you hate the bank, so where do you keep the money? Under a mattress? <laughs> <Where do> you... <laughs> well, still there, all right. Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about this democratic field. This is an interesting time where this field is more diverse than ever before. But some people have said, all right, you have a diverse field, but it feels like the front runners are still old white men. You still have yourself. You have Joe Biden. You're not, not talking about me, are you? No, 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 oh, no, no, of course, of course not. I mean, the white men, the Those old white guys, men. Those guys, yes. Um, but, but, but how do you respond to that criticism that people sometimes say, like, oh, well, isn't this a time for you guys to step aside? Look, I think the American people have to make that decision. Right. Like nobody else makes it. And what I believe what politics is about is taking a hard look at the ideas and the history and the experience that candidates have. And let me be very clear. I know, you know, certainly all of the senators who are running for president, and without exception, they are good, smart, dedicated people. Many of them are my friends. Right. So you're not going to hear me disparaging other candidates. Uh, but I think it is appropriate for people to say, okay, uh, who has been talking about this issue when, who had the courage to go forward, uh, and at what time. Right. So it's important not to look at just personalities. I think in American politics in general, we do too much of that. Yes. What we need to do is to say, okay, we have massive levels of income and wealth inequality. As a nation, are we happy that three people own more wealth than the bottom half of America? Are we happy that billionaires are able to buy elections? How do we change that? How do we create a nation in which you have universal childcare, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where you don't have half of our people living paycheck to paycheck. So I think what we need to do is focus on a progressive agenda. And I'm proud of the fact that I've been a leader in fighting for that agenda for a long time. It's interesting. Basically, what you're saying is... You're basically saying people have jumped on, but you're the OG of this idea. That's, that's <laughs> essentially what you're saying. And, and interestingly enough, as an OG, you, you've managed to connect with groups that many people haven't been able to connect with. I mean, you're, you're able to connect with young voters. You know, historically, 18 to 29-year-olds don't vote, right. you know, but they've, they've, right. they've come out for you. We've seen this repeatedly. It's also been interesting to see that you are actually leading with minority voters as well, the people that have been polled right now. What do you think is driving those, those, those voters? Why do you think you're connecting so well with young people who don't think voting is usually worth it? Uh, I think that this generation is, in my view, the most progressive generation probably in the history of the United States of America. This is a generation of young people right. who are not going to tolerate racism or sexism or homophobia or xenophobia or religious bigotry, all of which, sadly, the President of the United States is giving us. And I think it is also a generation, Trevor, and we should make this point out, they are not doing well financially, right? Everything being equal, this is a generation that, unless we turn it around, will have a lower standard of living than their parents. They are leaving, so I just met with some young people yesterday in my office. Young people who are going into teaching $180,000 in debt for college loans. That's not uncommon. People, young people can't afford apartments. They're living with their parents. So they understand that we need to have an economy and a government that works for everybody, right. not just the 1%. And I think our message resonates with them as well. You really have... 
really have connected with people that, that, that you wouldn't expect. I mean, young people, uh, people of color, you, you, you've connected with so many groups. And now what's really interesting to me is it recently came out that you have decided to do a Fox News town hall. Even though, uh, you know, the DNC made a decision to not go with uh, Fox News for any of the, de- uh, the, the debates. Yes. You, you're breaking with that line of thinking. Some would say, but Bernie, why would you go to Fox News? It's not a legitimate news organization. So what, what, are, you, what are you doing there? Well, <laughs> trust me, I know Fox News. <laughs> I know who they are, and I know the role that they are playing. Right. Uh, on the other hand, the, uh, in during the last campaign, I did a town meeting with a fellow named uh, Britt Bear. Yes. Uh, who did it very fairly. And uh, he did it straightforwardly. And we, believe me, we went over the ground rules before and they kept their word. So to me, it is important to distinguish Fox News from the many millions of people who watch Fox News. Right. And I think it is important to talk to those people and say, you know what, I know that many of you voted for Donald Trump, but he lied to you. He told you, for example, he was going to provide health care to all people. Now he wants to throw 30 million people off the health care that they had. He told you that he was going to give tax reform that would not benefit the wealthy. 83% of the benefits go to the top 1%. So I think it is important to talk to Trump supporters and explain to him to what degree he has betrayed uh, the working class of this country and lied during his campaign in terms of what he would do. I'm excited to chat to you not about Trump's lies, but about your ideas for the country. We'll have more with Senator Bernie Sanders when we come back. Don't go away, everybody. Welcome back to The Daily Show. We are here with presidential hopeful and very young man, Senator Bernie (laughs) Sanders. I made up for what we did earlier. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit about age. I mean, this has been an interesting time where, you know, people have said, Bernie's running again. Uh, Bernie doesn't feel old, but your age is still a number, despite what Aaliyah says. And, and some people are saying, hey, Bernie, w- w- do you have any concerns about your health? Are you doing things to keep yourself healthy if you were to take the office of the presidency? Sure. Oh, look, all I can say is, thank God. This is not wood, but I'm knocking on it anyhow. <laughs> My health is good. When right. I was a kid, I was a long-distance runner. I had a lot of endurance, uh, and I still do. So I am feeling... <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. Hey! Hey! Sorry, I'm sorry about them. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I recall some of these reporters who say, well, you're kind of old, and they were following me on the campaign trail, and they say, slow down, slow down. Right. You're moving too fast. It really, it really is something that, that, that you have used to your credits, and... Um, the, the, let's talk about some of the policies. Good. You know, Bernie Sanders is someone who has been notorious as the person who can tell it like it is. You know, that's one thing I loved, I loved your, like, Howard Schultz, when they said, oh, he, he'll agree to step out of the race if people like Bernie go away, if they put up a moderate candidate. And you were like, oh, thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> how nice of him. But you've always, <laughs> been, you've always been a person who seems like a complete straight talker. So let's get into some of the issues here. Um, let's talk about health care, right? This past week, House Democrats introduced a bill to strengthen Obamacare. Right? It was supported by everyone from Pelosi through to AOC. But you said, no, I don't want to support this. You said, I want to come in and I want to fight for Medicare for everyone, right? And some people might say, okay, but Bernie, if, if everyone is going one way and you're going your own way, doesn't that go against what the job of the president's well, going to be? Don't you have to sell ideas? Trevor, here is the reality. The reality is that bill will never pass the Senate. I don't even think it'll be taken up by the Senate. So where we are right now is a fight for 
how we do two things. Number one, as a nation, should we guarantee health care to all people as a human right? right? I think yes. If you do that, how do you do it in a cost-effective way? Uh -huh. And I think the answer is overwhelming that the only way to do that is through a Medicare for All single-payer program. Now, I supported Obamacare. And in fact, we got some really important provisions in it. But the discussion that you're raising is a little bit academic because that bill is not going to come to the Senate. What we have to do now is rally the American people and ask questions why, at a time when we have 30 million uninsured, we are spending twice as much per capita on health care as do the people of any other country. Why do we pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs? So would you try and bring the cost of Medicare, uh, medical aid down? Would you Absolutely. Bring we got legislation. prescription drugs? Absolutely. Look, we have legislation in that will lower the cost of prescription drugs in this country by 50%. Is that a radical idea? No. It's not a radical idea because that's what the rest of the world is paying. Mm -hmm. We are getting ripped off by the greed of the pharmaceutical industry. In terms of health insurance, it now costs about $11,000 per person for health care in this country. Family of four, 28,000 bucks. That is unsustainable. Right. Twice as much as the Canadians do. They guarantee health care to all people. Why is that? Because the function of the current health care system, you're not going to hear too many people say this, is not to provide health care to all people. It is to make huge profits for the insurance companies and the drug companies. It is to provide people like the guy who's head of United Health Insurance $83 million in compensation in one year. It is to allow the five major drug companies to make $50 billion in profit last year. Somebody has got to take these guys on. They're criminals. People are hurting. We need to move toward Medicare for all. One thing you, you really do bring up, and I mean, healthcare just touched on it, is income inequality. Yes. Um, you have been proud to say, yes, I believe that we need to adjust how people earn money in this country and how people are taxed. Yes. Um, Trump has now used this as a slur against you, calling you a socialist, you know, saying that it means that we're gonna all have to drive battery cars and, and share one road. But what, is, what does it mean Good. to you? Good question. Thank you for asking it. It means that economic rights are human rights, okay? I believe from the bottom of my heart that healthcare is a human right. I believe that in the richest country in the history of the world, we should not have a tax system which allows Amazon, owned by the wealthiest guy in the world, to pay zero in federal taxes last year after making $11 billion in profits. That is insane. To be a democratic socialist means that we believe, I believe, that human rights include a decent job, affordable housing, healthcare, education, and by the way, a clean environment. It means that we cannot allow our kids to grow up in an environment which is increasingly unhealthy right. and uninhabitable. We have got to take on the fossil fuel industry, move to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. I, That's I what it means. I know that you are... I know that you are proposing legislation arguing that uh, companies shouldn't be able to participate in stock buybacks if they don't provide their workers exactly. with a minimum wage of a certain amount and exactly. health care and yes. seven days off um, in a year. Right. 
but, but let me ask you this. Doesn't, some people may argue that, like Bernie, that's the government getting involved at the boardroom level. Shouldn't you just go in and say, hey, let's reverse the SEC ruling on how easy it is for stock buybacks to occur? Well, we, we, we're in favor of doing that as well. But I think what we have right now, Trevor, is an economic system where the people on top and corporate America, to a large degree, not, not totally, are just incredibly greedy and very contemptuous of working people. For example, the average CEO of a major corporation now makes 300 times more than uh, his or her employees. Mm -hmm. That's really not acceptable. People are doing buybacks, stock buybacks, uh, while at the same time they're not paying their workers a living wage. So I think it is the responsibility of the federal government to be aggressive and to make certain that the working people of this country uh, get a fair shake. Give you another example. Uh, if a company today uh, is making money, but they want to shut down and move to low-wage countries uh, abroad, well, you know, I got a problem with that if they then get online to get a federal contract. They want a military contract. Right. So we have a right to say to them, you want a military contract? You want some federal money? You know what? Treat your workers with respect. What's happened in the last 40 years, there's been a massive transfer of wealth from working families to the top 1%. We've got to reverse that trend. Speaking of a fair shake, speaking of a fair shake before we're done, it's been interesting that now the Democrats have used their power to, to say to the IRS, we want to see Donald Trump's tax returns. Yeah. Um, people on the, on the right have responded and said, but where's Bernie's tax returns? Bernie only released 2014. We still don't have Bernie's tax returns. And I was like, well, if Bernie hasn't released them and Trump hasn't released them, there's probably secrets on both sides. <laughs> My theory is Trump doesn't want us to know that he's not a billionaire and you don't want us to know that you are. <laughs> so are we going to see your tax you returns? You sure are. Look, um, April 15th is coming. That will be the 10th year, and we will make them all public uh, very well, what's shortly. What's all? What's all? Just so people know. 10 years. 10 years of and tax returns. And by the way, I'm delighted to do that, proud to do that. Hey, Mr. Trump, you do the same thing. Senator Bernie Sanders, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.